Welcome to another edition of Lockdown Movies from Screen Brum. This is where we're giving recommendations and we're getting recommendations from various people all stuck in lockdown just like you are. My guest today is a titan of the Birmingham cultural scene uh, and it is none other than a Costa Prize winning novelist, Catherine O'Flynn. Hello, Catherine. Hello. Are you sure you want to talk to me or do you want to talk to this titan of the cultural scene? You, you, you actually made me lull with that uh, with that intro. So, Catherine, how is lockdown for you? And are you getting lots of creative juices flowing? Well, lockdown for me is, I guess, I guess it's you know mustn't grumble is is how I feel about it. It's you know it's fairly shitty, but not in any way bad on the global scale of things, really. And yeah, no, not at all creative, unfortunately, because because lockdown really is kind of like life as a writer is mainly you kind of sit in your house a lot and don't really speak to anyone else but the big difference obviously is that I now have two children with me all the time so any very scant productivity I generally manage during a day any bits of writing is kind of out the window and now I just kind of I just sit in a house and do nothing all day but but sort of you know entertain children badly what this is akin to for me I don't know if it's for you it's like the sort of when you're waiting in an airport and you can't really settle to anything. You might have a really good book or whatever, but you don't, you can't really settle to it. And all you do is just think about what you might eat. That's all I do, really. <laughs> We're in permanent airport departure lounge. That's what it feels like. Yes. But, you know, uh, does that mean on the positive side you're allowed to drink alcohol at 11 o'clock in the morning? No. That, see, that, that yes, you've now you've managed to make Philly for worse by pointing out the one thing that makes it even worse than being in an airport much lounge that some sense of you know morality means I don't actually drink I'm actually I'm actually less into alcohol than normal which again is another cruel twist of fate tv and alcohol just aren't doing it for me at the moment so are you watching things with the kids to try and encourage them to watch tv Yes, a little bit. Well, sort of. We, I think the time when they are quite amenable to watching telly is tends to be sort of you know towards the end of the day, kind of the last hour before bedtime. I, I always remember when I was growing up. A, we watched TV all the time. I, I spent pretty much my entire childhood watching TV. And B, I watched pretty much whatever my adult, whatever my adults, whatever my my parents were watching. It's been a bit of a quest for me in recent years to try and find something that was bearable for us to watch and the kids to watch and we could watch together that wasn't like I don't know I don't really like those kind of Saturday night variety talent shows I can't I can't just I just can't actually physically watch them at all I've tried and I can't do it so so yes what we tend to be watching at the moment with the children in that uh, hour before bedtime are <laughs> exactly the things I used to watch with my parents which is Columbo uh, my older daughter's got really into I feel that we've really let that generation down in teaching them about, you know, crime and things. She just doesn't understand any of the basic tropes of crime, TV or fiction that we knew. I don't know, I think from about the age of two, I understood that if there was a shot of someone cutting out letters from a newspaper and sticking them to a piece of paper, that was a blackmail letter. Mm. And I understood what blackmail was. She doesn't understand it. You have to explain every single criminal enterprise to her. But that's good. That's that's an entertainment for, for them. And also, I have a set of the Waltons, which um, I used to like a lot when I was a kid. And we watch that and we find it very funny. So so for you, then, is it just when they've gone to bed, is it just Starsky and Hutch? <laughs> yeah, well, 
No, actually, what I, I, I mean, I sort of, I suppose I'm still watching a lot of the same sort of standard stuff on Netflix that I might ever watch, you know, things like uh, Better Call Saul and, and that kind of stuff. But what I'm also finding myself drawn to is, I, I suppose, similar to Starskin Hutch, a lot of the films that I sort of, I really, really loved when I was younger, and it's that kind of comfort thing, isn't it? Um, and so I've I've kind of dug out of the cupboard old DVDs of um, anything I've got that's got Walter Matto in. I've decided that that is exactly kind of what I'm what I need at the moment. So I've got The Odd Couple, and an amazing film which it was really really hard to see. It was on about once when I was eleven, and has never been on DVD called A New Leaf. The scene with the wedding dress is one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, he keeps repeating very stoically, you've got your arm through the, the, uh, the your neck through the armhole. <laughs> Elaine May write, wrote and directed it, and she's really, really funny in it. She stars, doesn't she, as his, yeah. um, as uh, you know, Walter Matto is desperate to marry someone and kill them for their money because he's a playboy who's lost all his money. And uh, she's this kind of, botanist who's incredibly clumsy and inept and it's yeah mainly Walter Matto sort of brushing crumbs off her and things like that it's a great film so I'd recommend that for anyone who's feeling a bit a bit glum and then the other thing sort of harking back to the past that I, I, I keep thinking oh yeah I'm gonna sit down and watch this I had for some reason I had a massive um thing in in my sort of teenage years for Humphrey Bogart yeah, and my my favourite Bogart film is like uh, is the Maltese Falcon, the sort of first John Huston film, which I love. I mean, it's almost that like I love it so much I haven't wanted to watch it for quite a few years because you worry that a you're going to wear wear it out. It's like listening to a song you love too much, and secondly, just you worry that you'll watch it and somehow you won't you won't be as good as you remembered it. So there's that always that risk with watching films. But that and also um, The Kane Mutiny, which was one of his later films where he plays a kind of paranoid captain of a ship who's losing his marbles. That's great. Catherine, is there anything else that is sustaining you right now? The only other thing that we're kind of tuning into on a regular basis, which again is a kid thing and is fairly well known, but it is contemporary, so I'll mention it, is the lovely little videos that um connie hook is posting up each day on youtube which are really nice little kind of quite intimate it's just her sort of talking to the camera sort of with a little idea of something to do and reading from a book I really like those I'm, i'll be quite sad when you know <laughs> lockdown's over that they'll end because i think she's just in the duration of the lockdown um but yeah i'd recommend those to anyone with sort of kids at primary school age maybe i didn't know about that so i'll have to look those up yeah, they're really good. Just 10 minutes a day. Um, thank you so much, Catherine O'Flynn. Um, now, Catherine, before you go, uh, it's only fair to say you have a excellent novel out for young people that is downloadable and audiobookable if people are in lockdown. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that. It is true, uh, Laurie and Max. And I think, I think my publisher are currently um, donating... 20 or 30 percent of all sales off their site to um young minds charity so you, you'd be you know not only being good to me but be good to you know a children's mental health charity as well so there you go thank you so much for your time Catherine, and i hope that uh, lockdown continues to be a, a blur of angel delight spangles and uh, all things colombo 
Thank you. Bye-bye.